have stretched nurses and I have a higher need in mental health. So how do we, how do we support that? Hello and welcome to Hims Cast. I'm Susan Morse, Executive Editor of Healthcare Finance News. We're talking today with Lauren Prepchuk, who is Crawfell Healthcare's Head of Patient Observation. Hello, Lauren. Hi, Susan. What is Head of Patient Observation? What do you do there, please? Well, I'm going to give a little bit of background. So Crawfell Healthcare is the premier healthcare support service provider nationwide, actually worldwide. Right now, we have hospital partners in across 46 states, and we help with the non-clinical services that are, are needed at a facility. We heavily focus on specialization and innovation, patient experience, patient, staff, and caregiver safety, which is something we're going to talk about, caregiver experience, financial stewardship, and operational excellence. Myself, in, in my career, which is not that exciting, but um, I'm a real testament to opportunity career growth within the company. We really look to find the right people with the right skill set and retain and develop them. And that, that I literally live that. So I started working in 2002, coming up on my 21st anniversary during my second year of graduate school. I was answering phones, doing miscellaneous office work, and then I moved into a marketing project manager position very quickly. And then after that, not too long, maybe a year and a half, I moved into a patient experience platform position. I spent 16 years doing that. And I was able to help develop Crawl's patient experience platform, which we call Positive Impressions, and a um, strategic partnership with Preskini. So... That was interesting too. In 2018, I took the leap <laughs> and I joined operations and patient transportation as a regional director of operations for the West Coast. During my time in that position, I worked with clients, clinical team members, my team, and a wider network that really allowed me to help support gaps in healthcare space. And keep in mind, I still have that patient experience lens on. So it's been a lot of fun. In 2019, though, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, I became I was regional vice president for both patient transport and the newly formed patient observation. My team, with the help of Crawfell Leadership, American Nursing Association, and and our clinical partners, um, developed this this service called patient observation or sitter services, so that we could really fill this void that was in healthcare and. We continue to see this this service line has been very, very popular, and we can see, continue to see it grow. It's actually the fastest growing service line in Compass right now in Crawfall. Compass is our parent company, and we're really proud of it. It's, uh, it's called Patient Sitters. Is that right? Well, Patient Sitter is the traditional term for this position. We call it patient observation because we believe it's a bit more dynamic than the traditional sitter that just sits there in the room and watches a patient. Okay. Can you explain what they do? Are they, um, you know, it's the term based on babysitter kind of thing where you have somebody there, but is not a nurse or, 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 or a trained clinician. Right. They're not licensed staff. Again, traditionally, I the sitter would sit in the room, uh, sometimes document on paper occasionally anything that's happening. Their, their 
goal is to make sure that patient is safe and comfortable as much as they can. Now, we've added new compliments to it because if I'm sitting in a room, again, this is a patient experience kind of background coming in, what can I proactively do in that room? So our staff is trained a, a bit different. Are they volunteers or are they paid? They're paid employees. A lot of times we get nursing students that come in um, or people that want to enter uh, healthcare. We also have cross-trained some of our patient transport division because a lot of the training that we do in transport, we also do a patient observation, like a pa- safe patient handling, patient transfers. So um, our patient observation staff can do like ambulation of the patient. And the bottom line is for for hospitals that are that are stretched with labor shortages is they're freeing up a clinical time. Is that my understanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah can, absolutely. Can, which is wow. we need to protect. <laughs> so, can you talk about that? I mean, how many are out there? How much time they're freeing up? Any sort of measure on this? Um, we have seen that we've had outcomes that consist of um, cost saving, significant cost savings. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Patient satisfaction scores increase, nursing satisfaction scores increase, um, safety events decrease, as well as um, we we use technology. So from a regular or regulatory side of things, we are fully documented and have all of our paperwork. We actually far exceed what is needed on purpose. It's a huge issue, um, which is one reason I'm so happy to talk with you, because when hospitals say what their biggest financial burden is, it's labor shortage and how much they're having to pay for travel nurses or just pay for labor now, just to come up to staffing levels. And then CMS recently said it may be it indicated that come this spring, which is now, so I don't know when this is coming out, it would release policy on nursing staffing ratios, which I know has been controversial. So I imagine this program has found itself in the right place at the right time. How long has it been around, Lord? It's still in its infancy. We started in 2019. Um, so right yeah. before the pandemic. So what happened during the pandemic with this program? Did sudden, did, did, were you suddenly hearing from hospitals? Or I, I don't know. I mean, different businesses weathered the pandemic differently. Yeah, actually. So there was, there was this gap in healthcare um, even prior to the pandemic where hospitals were acting very reactive when it came to the service line because it is so unpredictable. Through the pandemic, of course, uh, a lot of things happen, right? So um, <laughs> nursing, to be quite honest, has been really abused over the past couple of years with long hours, stretched nursing ratios, high stress. And they really had no choice but to keep the burning the midnight oil um, through that pandemic. It was a scary time. And it was really, at that point, it was all hands on deck. So we have that. Then secondly, we have the pandemic, right? So we have people who have lost their jobs. Companies had layoffs um, or were closed. People are scared with all this uncertainty. And um, it led to 
an increase in mental health patients. Yeah. So I've stretched nurses and I have a higher need in mental health. So how do we, how do we support that to fill that gap? And are these, um, they must be trained, the patient sitters, to, to sort of pick up this slack. I don't, I don't want to call it slack, but the gap in care. I mean, that, that is one thing that is a key differentiator for us is the training. This, a lot of places, and again, this goes back to the traditional sitter, a lot of places been very, have a very little focus, have very little focus on training a patient sitter because they figure they're just sitting in the room. I mean, how hard can it be? The reality is we're putting staff in a room with the most dangerous people, whether it's suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation, disorientation, um, some kind of substance abuse. And we're putting, we're putting them in that, in that room. So we need to be able to train them to handle every situation that comes at them. So we spend a big focus on training and it continues to evolve. Um, we have about 36 hours of training, which is long. Tip typically a hospital has a three hour training for patient sitter, but we do classroom style. We also do in-person and scenario-based training. Um, we go through every situation that we've experienced nationwide. And as you can imagine, that continues to increase. Um, so the training continues to evolve as well. We just came up with a situation um, with human trafficking. So right now we're in the process of, of building out how to identify a human trafficking victim and what to do uh, with that. So we take a lot of pride in that training piece. Um, the patient sitters with Crothel then are working mostly in behavioral health care and mental health care? So one-on-one -on -one sitter needs typically go to your higher risk patients. So it'll it'll be your mental health patients or your self-harm patients or even sometimes fall risk patients or children um, if they're alone in the room. So if, a, if they need us, we, we will obviously be there. However, um, if their risk level decreases, they can be moved from a one-on-one -on -one sitter to like a, a camera or telesitter support where Got it's it. not as hands-on. Got it. And we're almost out of time, but I would like to ask you about that cost savings that you were going to address. Please do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, man, there's so much I want to, I, I want to tell you about with, um, the technology, but, um, just a couple of things numbers if you want to put them out there. So typically when we engage, and a lot of this is over transparency of the program, where the hours being used, why? I can tell you in May your behavioral patient spiked. Um, so we have been able to minimize the hours used, number one. We have been able to eliminate falls. Two days since the inception of the service, we have zero falls with injury across the country. And a lot of that's due to our training, but we also have some safety mechanisms in, in the room with the technology as well that will really help them out. Before you go on, I, I want to clarify that for listeners. Yep. When you say falls, they're working in the hospital or are they also working in the home? 
they're in the in in room in hospital patient ball. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so the hard savings is really the dollar to dollar. I could put a non-licensed staff member in there, but train them on anything that is not licensed, that you do not need a license for. And I could have them do it to free up your nurse techs to, in your assistance so that you can, they can support the nursing team like, like they should. Um, so we can do it at a lower hourly rate. So I've already reduced, um, the usage of one-on-one hours. I'm saving you on an hourly spend. I'm quicker at hiring and um, bringing on new staff, which the average hospital has about 28 days when they have a vacancy to fill it. And we can do that in about 10.8, which is very important with this service because of the um, agility that you have to have and the flexibility that you have to have. Um, And then falls, a fall is very expensive. So between falls, hourly rate, <laughs> uh, and minimized usage or more qualified usage, your CFO hat um, must really be bubbling. And there's a bunch of quality and, and safety things beyond that, which is great with this solution. Lauren, thank you. I love that. The CFO hat must be bubbling. That's terrific. <laughs> I think we'll end on that note. And it's been fantastic speaking with you and explaining the program Thank you so much for being on Hymns Cast. Thank you.